Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you for the authority of the word. We mentioned this a while back, that we're a word of faith church. That means above everything else in the earth, we exalt and we lift the authority of your word above everything that we see, everything that we face, everything that we feel. And we thank you that the word of God works. <laughs> it doesn't just save that blood that was spilled, but it heals and it delivers and it empowers and it causes us to walk in victory and walk in love and walk in unity and walk in the spirit and walk not after the lusts and desires of the flesh, but according to the perfect will of God. We thank you for the word. And tonight, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you administer to us as we crack the book and look at some things and make some determinations tonight. I believe that we're going to make determinations tonight about our life and our lifestyle. Decisions, Father, that, that we'll never have to think about these things again. We'll make determinations. Determinations. We've enjoyed the teaching on the kingdom, but we're moving in a different direction tonight. And we thank you that we can see the word. And we thank you that we can receive the word. And we thank you that we can hold fast to the word of God. And we receive it by faith tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said... Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles tonight or your electronic devices, I want to encourage you to let's get these things out and see what kind of noises we can make and see if we can't just tick the devil off. Now, I want to say this to you. Every single day of my life, I get up on purpose. How about you? And one of the reasons that I get up is because I hate the devil with a whole hot passion. I hate him, I hate what he does, I hate what he says. And there are times, and you've experienced this before, I'm sure that you won't look at me in judgment. There are times during my day, sometimes it seems like the scoreboard doesn't quite go in the favor that I want it to go in. And there are other times when I just whoop him from the very beginning to the very end. How about you? Yeah. But how many know that we can call on the name of the Lord? Yeah. And that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Yeah. The Bible says that the righteous can run in and they're safe. I don't know about you, but I'm looking at some righteous folks. Righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ, amen. Um, but the Lord's been just dealing with me about this in, in giving me this word, determinations. And so I want to look at a couple of scriptures tonight and then uh, just share a little bit with you about keys to live a successful life and how to just make your mind up and never go back and never look back. You know, it's, it's one of those things that seems like in ministry, you have conversations with people all the time that it, just depending on the day or the time of day you catch them, they're either up and winning or they're down and losing. But I believe that we need to be on top and rising. Amen? Amen. We need to continue to go on into the things of God. And uh, once we get our minds set on some things, then we can stop worrying or concerning ourselves or wondering or praying even any longer about certain issues. And you look at me and say, you can stop praying about stuff? Yeah, you can stop praying about stuff. In a good way. Yes. You can just make up your mind in a determination and say, I'm, I don't need to pray about this anymore. I already have my answer. I know what I'm going to do. And so I encourage people to, to, to make as many of those determinations as, as you can, as quickly as you can in your walk with the Lord. And you may be here tonight and you've rededicated your life to the Lord just recently. And uh, as many of these determinations as you can make, as soon as you can make them, make them. So I want to I just talk on those lines a little bit tonight, and I believe it will help you. I believe it will encourage you. Amen? Yeah. 
Turn to Proverbs chapter 23. Proverbs chapter 23 is a real, the the Proverbs, I, I love to read them. They're encouraging and they're helpful. And they teach us how to relate to each other, how to live on planet earth and how to walk in wisdom and how to walk in relationship with humanity. How many know that we're supposed to walk in relationship with humans? Amen. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, just the first part of this verse, really, I want this to stick out to you. The Bible says, as a person, as a man, a human, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. We can make determinations and the onset of our relationship with the Lord, or many of us, maybe we've walked with the Lord for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and, and we can start to make determinations now. It's never too late, it's never too early to start. But once we purpose these things in our heart, once we get these determinations down in our spirit, and we begin to just settle this thing one time for all, then we begin to see the fruit of those things operating in our life. And uh, the Bible tells us in, in all the Gospels, that Jesus has given us this parable of the sower sowing the seed of the word of God. And the Bible says that persecution arises. Matthew says it. Mark says it. Luke says it. John says it. Persecution begins to arise for the sake of the word. You know, just because you're in a word of faith, spirit-filled church, there is a certain level of persecution that's going to come at you where you may not see that sitting in your home or going to a church where there's not the advancement of the Word of God. Well, Pastor Brian, are you saying that your church is better than other churches? No, I'm not necessarily saying that, but there are churches that don't teach the Word. You don't have to even begin to argue with me. I already know that. Am I looking at those churches that that don't teach the Word and judging them and saying shame on them and they're horrible? Well, not really. What I'm saying is that there is a difference between churches that don't teach the Word and churches that do. We have churches today in, in, in America that are growing at a rapid pace and they're just accelerated growth, but yet there's no communication and no teaching of the Word. The name of Jesus isn't mentioned. The blood and His sacrifice isn't mentioned. They're telling us things like you don't have to come to church. God doesn't care. You don't have to have a pastor that's old school and you don't have to talk about the blood of Jesus and his sacrifice because American Christians don't want to hear about that it's too gory yet we have multi-billion dollar multi-billion dollar annual sales on shoot them up blow them up kill them stab them hang them cut them slice them but yet Americans don't want to talk about the blood well that's stupid So there's, there's not a whole lot of persecution from the enemy. Now, if, if I'm offending you by these words, I, I don't want to. That's um, not my intent. But Jesus said them. I didn't. And I think we probably should go and take a look so I don't get into trouble. Let's go over to Mark's gospel real quick. And what I, I want to finish this point so I don't lose you. Um, while you're turning to Mark's gospel, uh, if we find ourselves in a place where we don't have the word preached, then the persecution level drops off. But obviously on the opposite of that, some of you, and I've, I've said this to Pastor Art, Pastor Dane, I've talked about this with the eldership, there are people that come into this church, and I know this to be true because of the testimony of people. They come into this church and they say, you're my pastor, this is my church, I'm going to come here. And all kinds of persecution breaks out against them. 
And they say, man, when I was sitting at home, didn't have a pastor and didn't have a church, it didn't seem like that persecution was coming after me. But here I am in the church, and you're my pastor, and this is the church. And now i got all this trial and this tribulation and these problems and these issues. Well, it's because of the word that's being taught to you. Jesus' words. Let's look at it real quick. Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 13. And he, Jesus, said to them, do you not understand this parable? What parable is he talking about? He's talking about the parable of the sower. He starts this out in Mark 4, 4. Then he continues on and talks about purposes of the parables that are taught. And then in the 13th verse, and he says, do you not, and then he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all of the parables? He says, 14, the sower sows the word. That's me. I'm up here sowing the word. Sunday morning, Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Wednesday night, I'm sowing the word. He said, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. He came to do what? Take away the what? How fast did he come? These are the ones by the wayside. He talks, Jesus is just given in the fourth verse all the way down. He gives a, a, a discourse on different types of soil, different conditions of the heart and attitude of mankind. And then he says, this is the one who's sown seed, received the seed, but they're on the outskirts. They're on the wayside. They're not exactly hooked up. They're kind of riding the fence. Am I in? Am I out? I don't know. I don't really know about church. I don't know about church attendance. I come to church when it works for me. If there's nothing else going on, these are the people on the wayside. Immediately, say immediately. immediately. Look at your neighbor and say immediately. immediately. Everybody say immediately. immediately. These are the ones, 15, by the wayside where the word is sown. So you're still hearing the word when you're here. When they hear... Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And likewise, 16 are the ones sown on stony ground. When they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Hey, that was a good word. I liked it. Yay. Stony ground. They don't have any root in themselves. There's still a lack of unsubmitted issues in their heart toward the word and toward the Lord. Maybe their heart's still hard because... I don't like the songs that Nick sang tonight. I wish he wouldn't have gone so long in worship. Or why do we pray over that person after all she got healed? So why would we do that? Type of Their heart's not quite right with the Lord. They're still hearing the word. And when they hear the word, they receive it with gladness. But what happens is when they leave, the attitude of the flesh, the condition of the heart starts to talk to them. And it chokes out the word. Why? Because they have no root in themselves. They're not rooted in God. They're not rooted in the Word. They're not rooted into the church. You know, I don't mean to embarrass Ashley, but we, we talked about her, and she said, I want to get baptized. And we did a baptismal service, and it was awesome. And I told her then, I said, part of this is, yes, you're baptized into Christ. You've received Jesus. But you're also baptized into this church. We're now your family. We are together in this thing. Amen? We're a part of this thing together. We receive the word with gladness, but maybe an attitude rises up, or maybe an issue comes up, or how can we do that, or I don't think we should do that, or maybe the service should be a little bit this way, or what about that, or what about this, and we don't have any root in the, in the word of God. We're not rooted in the church together. 
We're not rooted in the kingdom. We're not rooted in the word. We're not rooted in the, in, in the walking in love and surrender and submission to the Lord. And so immediately, the Bible says, 16, these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness and they have no root in themselves and it only endures for a time. Afterward, when tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake, what are you talking about tonight, Pastor? I'm talking about determinations. But I want you to see that you could go to a different church and maybe have it a little bit easier, but if you use the stuff, Jim, that I'm telling you, you're going to have victory. No, we need to apply the Word of God. So you've been hearing me say this. Our closing prayer needs to be this fast. And what we need to do in our closing prayer is say, we refuse to allow the enemy to steal the Word that's been sown in our hearts. Keep it in our heart. Keep it in our minds. Let it produce fruit in our lives. Let it produce fruit for your kingdom. That's what we need to do. We need to be smarter than the devil. Just, just a little bit smarter than the enemy. And we can walk in victory and authority because we can see the, the, the pattern and the mode of attack that's going to come down the pike. He's going to come after the word. He's going to come after the word. He, he, it's not even, and people, and I hate it when people do this, but people have said, you know, God's just not real happy with you, so all this judgment and persecution and tribulation is coming. Well, Jesus just got done saying that, that it happens because of the Word's sake. It happens for the Word's sake. So where's the takeaway for this for me? If I'm someone who's sitting in the church, how does this apply to me? What it applies is you receive it with gladness. You mix it with faith. And you keep it. You keep it. Jesus spoke to one of the churches in Revelations and he said, keep the things that I have given to you. So the word comes, not, not, not opinion, but the word comes. And we need to pray, we're going to keep this thing. And it's going to increase in us. Now these are the ones sown among thorns, 18. They're the ones who hear the word and the cares of the world the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in, choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. These are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, listen, accept it and bear fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. The Lord wants you and I, this isn't talking about, by the way, just for fun, this is not talking about giving an offering. The 30, 60, 100 fold thing, that sometimes applies to an offering. Jesus actually said, he who gives houses and land in this life will reap 30, 60, 100 fold in this life and in the life to come. This is what Jesus said. But this right here, it's talking about sowing the word. This is a talking about having the right heart attitude and condition of heart and condition of mind that you receive the word. Here's a good Here's a good. Here's a good uh, helper. You accept it, you hear it, you accept it, and you begin to bear fruit. You receive it. You accept it into your life. You say, this applies to me. I need to do something with this. That wasn't for somebody else. That was for me. I mix faith with it. I'm going to do it. The devil's not going to come and get it from me. He may come and try, but the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things isn't going to come and choke out the word. I'm not going to go Sunday morning and hear the preaching and Sunday afternoon lose my religion. 
I'm not going to lose my mind, act a fool, and not keep the word. Why? Because the day and age that we're living in, we're at the last of the last days, and it's no longer a time to play. People are dying. Hell is receiving people. Heaven and hell are both open. And hell's receiving people every day, and they should not perish. Amen? So this, this is a serious matter, and it's a determination. I've got to be a hearer and a doer of the Word of God. That's your first determination. Now I want to bring this to you in, in just a personal application, if I may, and, and talk to you not to, not to boast on myself, uh, but just to say, like, this is what I did, and it's worked for me. The Bible says that that's safe and secure to have people help you and talk to you about these types of things. So I made up my mind when I was 17 years old. It took me a while. I'd already been preaching for a year. And I made up my mind when I was 17 years old. I will receive the word of God as absolute authority in my life. I do not care what I feel. I do not care what I see. I do not care what I hear. I do not care what I experience. The word of God, this is determination number one. I will be a hearer of the word of God, and I will be a doer of the word of God. And I will not quit. I will not back down. I will not step back. You know, if you can imagine this, the Lord is asking for people to be steadfast. 1 Corinthians tells us that. Colossians tells us that. We're to be steadfast and immovable. 1 Corinthians says we always abound in the work of the Lord. Art, can you come up here? Gabe, can you come up here? Jamie, can you come up here? Dwayne, come on up here. Kent, put your coffee down and come here. You guys just get in the line just in front. Miss the pulpit. Get in the line. And I'll stay single file on this line side by side. If you can see this and get a kind of a visual of this, what is happening in the body of Christ today is people have lost their determination and they're retreating. So the Lord says, you know what? I got a purpose and a plan and a gift in you and a desire in you and I want to do things in you and through you. I'm going to grow you and move you along. And then he says, just stay right there and do what I've called you to do and do what I've anointed you to do. Don't quit. Don't back down. Don't give up. Come hell or high water, you just hold that line and don't move. And then maybe here, because this, this gentleman here, by the way, Gabe's an usher today. And he's going to be an usher. Clap real good for Gabe. Praise the Lord. He's 12 years old, and he's a doorkeeper in the house of his God. But anyway, he's got a lot more life to live than art. So Gabe, he, he just takes a couple of steps forward. And he's grown up in maturity, and he's grown in the Lord, and he's growing in stature and wisdom and favor with God and man. And he says, now I want you to stay here until your next advancement, until your next promotion. Just keep looking forward. Come hell or high water. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't quit on me. I won't quit on you. And then Jamie. Jamie was way out front. Jamie was walking with the Lord, and he started out at the same time as Kent and Dwayne. Started out at the same time as Art and Gabe. But the fire went out. Because maybe the deceitfulness of riches, or maybe the lust of the flesh, or maybe the desire of other things, or maybe none of those things, maybe he just was let down. Maybe someone in church was a jerk to him. 
But maybe somebody offended him and hurt him and told him that whatever problems he faced in his life, maybe he didn't have someone telling him the truth and say the problems that you faced in your life is because you're living in a different kingdom and he's coming to get the word out of you. Keep it in your heart. So, so we have some that have stepped back. Started at the same time. The kingdom of God is a grow-at-your-own-pace kingdom. And Dwayne, take three steps forward. Dwayne started at the same time. He, he may not be exactly the same as Art, but he doesn't need to be the same as Art. Right. He needs to be Dwayne. Right. And what he needs to do is you just stay your ground until your next advancement. Stay your ground until your next growth spurt. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't quit on me. I won't quit on you. All started out at the same time. All have the same amount of time. All serving the same God with the same word and the same Holy Spirit and the same ability and the same devil and the same trials and tribulations and temptations and struggles. And what we're having in the body of Christ is people aren't holding the line. People are more concerned about being Kent than they are about being Gabe. And the Lord says, just be patient. Just be patient. And no matter what, if you never make it to the growth level, to the maturity level, or to the advancement of Art, or Duane, or Kent, it doesn't matter. Did you stand your ground? Did you not give up? Did you not quit? Did you hold the word in your heart and not under any circumstance give up or quit on me and you found me to be faithful? So this is just a visual picture to see we're all in this thing together, and we're all growing. We're all developing. We're all experiencing trials and tribulations. But we can't get our eyes off of the one who saved us and start putting them on the ones to our left and to our right. It doesn't matter how fast Kent grows. It doesn't matter how fast Art grows. It doesn't matter how fast Gabe grows. Look at Jamie. And in the church, the reason that we had to have one come up and be redeemed... In the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have people as foolish as that this sounds, and as unbelievable and unrealistic as this may seem, there are people who are ticked off when the Jamies in life pass them by. Are you kidding? The dude was bound and destined to hell. Trust me, I know him. And now he's not. He got his act together. And he's growing and he's advancing. I want that person to outgrow and outadvance me. Praise God. I don't, this isn't a race. But if we, don't, if we don't get these determinations in our heart, I will not back down. I'm going to keep the ground that I have made. You know, I talked to someone who went through just a terrible, terrible time in their life. And my counsel to them is the same, this person, is the same counsel that I've given to several, several people over, over their life, and that is this. Don't worry about growing. It doesn't matter. Don't try to grow right now. Just get anchored and don't lose any ground. If you don't lose any ground, then you've already grown because when this thing lifts, you're going to be able to run. But if you lose ground, then you've got to make that all back up. So determination, we're going to be a hearer of the word and we're going to be a doer of the word. We're going to put absolute faith in the authority of God's word. Determination number two, we are going to stand and stand firm where God has placed us. And for the love of Jesus, we're going to stop comparing ourselves amongst ourselves because it is not wise.
That's a Bible verse. We're going to stop looking to our left and to our right and caring about how fast Jim's growing or not growing or how fast Joseph's growing or not growing or Brian or on down the line. We're just going to pay attention to us and pay attention to what God's called us to do. And you know, here's just a sad reality for a lot of people that don't get it. We're playing spiritual keep up with the Joneses and we miss the whole point. Because I've got to have my faith developed like Pastor Dana's faith. And I've got to have my prayer life developed like Pastor Dana's prayer life. And, and then they jump around and they have different favorites. And, and I've got to be like Kent in this area. And I've got to be like Jim in this area. How about we just be like Jesus in every area? How about we lean on the person of the Holy Spirit to form Christ in us? Man, you've got celebrities in the kingdom of God. And they might be your own personal celebrity. And people are comparing. I had someone just recently say, well, if I read this book, I'll know as much as you. And I laughed out loud. I didn't go LOL. I just did it. I said, what? What? You're going to buy a book? Sweetheart, just because you can read doesn't mean you can understand what you're reading. Just because you can read it doesn't mean you can articulate it. And by the way, you're not called to be a preacher, so what's it matter? Let's not look at each other. Engage, well, I'm, I'm growing faster than art. Or man, I'm not growing as fast as art. Encourage art. Encourage everybody else. Determination number two, I'm going to stand the ground that I've taken. And I'm not going to give it up. So I made this determination. Lord, every revelation you give me, so help me God, I'm going to put into practice. I'm not going to let anything that you've brought into my life lie dormant and get stagnant. I'm going to use it in my life. I'm going to communicate it and teach it, and I'm going to be an outflow and an outsource of the revelation that you've given me on any particular subject I'm willing to share. When we hoard up information and revelation and truth that we've received from the Word of God, we're, we're a dead sea. Determination number three. I go to church because I'm a child of God, not because I'm a minister. I go to church because I'm a Christian, not because I'm on the schedule that day. I go to church when the doors of the church are open unless I'm dead, sick, or unable to get here because of work. Now, I'm just talking about me, because I saw in the Word of God that says, do not neglect the assembly of yourself together. So whether you come or not, I'm coming. Because I'm not going to neglect the assembly of myself together. And then they go on to tell us, this is the manner of some. So determination number three, I go to church because I'm a son of God. I go to church because I'm a Christian. And for me, and, and I'm not saying that you have to, to live up to me, because what we just talked about, stop looking around, start looking forward. I go to church when I don't feel good. I go to church when I don't feel like it. I go to church when it's snowing outside. 
I go to church when it's warm and sunny outside. I go to church when the tigers are playing. That's almost a sin. Thank God for DVR. I've made a determination. I go to the house of my God. And I gather together with the sons and daughters of God who have made this determination with me. And I will worship my God in the house of our God with the, with the body of Christ and get in the presence of God. And determination 3A. I didn't come to the house of God because I'm a child of God to be a, 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 a spectator. I'm not talking about preaching. I'm talking about I'm going to be a worshiper. I'm going to be praying. I'm going to be amening the preacher. I'm going to be giving in the offering. And no, I'm not, this is not a ploy to get your money. I'm telling you the determinations that I've made. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to be in the house of God. Well, Pastor Brian, we're here and it's a Wednesday night. I know, thank you. Looks like you've made some determinations yourself. Is this helping anybody? Yes. Steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Determination number four. You'll like this, I'm sure. I do not care about what bill I have due. I made up my mind. Now I was 18 years old. I stood in front of Terry Mize. And I said, tell me I'm supposed to tithe. Tell me. I've been hearing it for three years almost. You give me the scriptures and tell me why. And so right here, I'm, this is not arbitrary. This is where I was standing. He gave me three verses that completely changed my life concerning tithing. And right here, when I was a long time ago, I made up my mind, I do not care what I am going to face. I will tithe one dime on every dollar for the rest of my entire existence on planet Earth. Period. I'm not going to argue about it. I'm not going to waste time praying about it. I'm never going to think about it again. This is a determination that I've made. And I don't care if the morons on Facebook and the morons on the internet and the morons on TV tell me it's under the law, then I'm guilty. I guess I'm under the law. Because I'm going to honor my God with all of my, all of my possessions and with the first fruits of all of my increase. I'm just going to do it. For, I made a determination. I'm never going to miss. Never, never, never. Never going to miss. Well, that, you're, you're under the law. No, I'm not under law. In fact, this is the most liberating decision I've ever made except for receiving Jesus Christ. Absolutely the most liberating thing. I'm not under bondage. This is not legalism. I am not under the law. I'm not bound to it. This is a condition of my heart. As a man is purposed in his heart, so is he. You can write right down in your notes if you'd like to. Brian Kiesler is a tither. Period. I'll never not be. No, they can write a trillion books and try to convince me, and I'll just laugh at every one of them. My mind's made up. I've made a determination. I don't care. And here's, here's another thing. This will blow your mind. I don't do it for any benefit at, other, at all. I don't care. I, care. I could care less. 
if he didn't rebuke the devourer for my sake, I would still honor him with 10% of my increase. Because he saved me. And the Bible tells me that I tithe to Jesus, my high priest. I don't care about any of the financial or physical or spiritual blessings associated. That is not why I tithe. Not at all why I tithe. Don't even care about them. Don't misunderstand me. I have absolutely 100% received the benefit of all of those blessings. But that's not the reason. That's not the motive of my heart. Now when I go and I do premarital counseling, I tell the people that we're about to go through this counseling, you need to make some determinations. And I'll use the Lonsways as an example. And they are tithers. Sorry, I let that cat out of the bag. Or the Devotas. They're also tithers. This acts like I quit. I'm leaving. But I tell them right, right in counseling, you make up your mind right now, you're a churchgoer. You make up your mind right now, you're a tither. We'll get off of money so you don't think that all I want is your money. The fifth determination, I do not care where I am. I do not care what I face. I do not care if it's legal or illegal. I have made a determination that I am going to verbally share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in every avenue, in every platform, in every dark corner, in every open air crusade, anywhere I can. I made up a determination. I am a fisher of men. I am constantly looking for opportunities to draw out that net and bring in a fish. I'm constantly, I made a mind. I'm never going to be, oh, I don't know, should I, should I talk to the waitress? Of course I should talk to the waitress. I, this is settled already. And it's liberating. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. I'm preaching better than you're amening. I've made up my mind. And I want to encourage you to make up your mind. Exalt the authority of God's word. Now, you can say, you know what, Pastor Brian, does that mean then because you've made up these determinations that all of your woes and all of your trials and all your circumstances have just been perfect and you've never faced any adversary and you've never faced any enemy and there's never been any issues? Yeah, that's what that means. <laughs> no, but in the face of whatever the devil and hell can conjure, I don't even have to think about it anymore. Don't even have to pray. Don't even have, I don't have to think about it. I go to church. I don't care if I don't feel good. I don't care if I'm tired. Well, you have to. You get paid to go to church. Take my money. I don't care. That's not why I'm here. I've made up my mind. I'm determined. Amen? Yeah. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to keep the ground that I've taken. I'm not going to give it up. I'm not going to fall back. I'm not going to retreat. I'm going to charge and I'm going to advance. Amen? I've made up my mind no matter what. I'm going to be a doer. I'm going to be a hearer and a doer of the word. I've made up my mind no matter what I face, no matter what bills lurking, no matter what problems there, I will present God his holy tithe in his holy house, in his holy presence. I don't care what's coming down the pike. And they can charge me and, and tax me 90% if they want to. 10% still going to come to God. Amen. You want it? Go get it from him. I don't care. 
You can, you can tax me 100%. I'm not giving it to you. I'm taking 10% of my income, and I'm bringing it to the altars of my God in the house of my God, and I'm going to honor him. I've made up my mind. I'm going to do it when I'm on vacation. I'm, I'm, I'm not looking for a reason not to. And lastly, I mean, well, not lastly. We could just keep going on. But lastly, I'm going to evangelize. And I'm not just going to wait for someone to ask me. I'm going to go out and ask them. Yes. Amen? So I, I said this about how it's liberating and how it's a blessing when we make up our mind. Once we have our mind made up, then we actually start seeing the fruit of these things happening in our life. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And we know that the enemy's going to come to try to steal the word. So we're, we're not even going to mess around with them. We've already got our mind made up. You are too late. You're too late. You might come to try to get this up from me, but it's too late. It's already rooted and grounded in me. It's steadfast, and I've already made up my mind. You know, I'll just share this. It'll be fun, and then I'll leave. I wear a black T-shirt every single day of my entire life. You know why people like Eric and I do that? Because we have so many other things to deal with. We don't need to think about what color t-shirt we should wear. We just wear the black one. And I have like 40 black ones. I'm not sick. I don't wear the same one every day. I really do, unfortunately, have like 40 black t-shirts. I'm never going to spend an ounce of brain power thinking about what color shirt I'm going to wear. You ever seen me in a shirt other than a black one? Well, I mean, obviously, but... I always wear black t-shirts. Just, I made up my mind. Mark Zuckerberg, the person who created Facebook, I think he should be shot. But anyway, he wore a green shirt. Someone asked him one day, why is it that you always wear a green shirt? You've got to give me the reason. And he said, I have like 300 billion reasons why. I said, what do you mean? He said, I could take my time thinking about creating Facebook and then selling it for billions and billions and billions of dollars. That's why. What am I saying? These things get so rooted in us and so ingrained in us, it doesn't matter if the big bill comes. We're tithers. It doesn't matter if the big bad bully comes up and says, denounce Christ. We're not going to. We're going to sh we're, I'm going to try to get the guy. If I'm here, which I won't be, but if I'm here at the end, I'm going to try to get the guy with a shotgun pointed at my face saved before he pulls the trigger. And if I could, I'd grab his soul while I'm on my way up. Because why? I've made up my mind. I'm a fisher of men. I'm not afraid of anybody. I'm not afraid to talk about Jesus Christ. Amen. It's not because I'm a preacher. That's right. It's because I made a determination. Amen. I'm a follower of Jesus. I have become a fisher of men. Amen. Did you get anything out of this tonight? Yes. So I want to encourage you. And I can't push you to do anything. But I do want to encourage you as a pastor, hopefully as your pastor. But I want to encourage you, make some determinations. What are some things, and you know the areas that you're wishy-washy in. We could talk about prayer, or we could talk about studying, we could talk about intimate times of worship with the Lord and things of that nature. We can talk about anything. I want to encourage you because you know you better than anybody else knows you. And you can hide from anybody in the whole entire world, but at the end of the day, you can't hide from yourself. And you can't. You can't hide from God. You can fool anybody. You can fool me. You can fool anybody in this room, but you're not fooling yourself. 
And you're never going to fool God. Isn't that awesome about him? He knows it all and loves us anyway. He knows it all and loves us anyway and gives us an opportunity to just confess it. Man, I blew it. I was an idiot. And repent. I don't want to be that way anymore. Help me. That's the goodness of our God. Amen. But you know the areas and the issues that you need to work on. I'll tell you this thing we talked about up here with people looking at each other and not being humble and being proudful and arrogant. That's a real thing. That doesn't just affect one or two people. That affects everybody. You know how much pressure, and this isn't time to get a violin out and feel sorry for me, but you know how much pressure there is when you go and hang around preachers? I was actually talking with someone just the other day who has a little bit of exposure to this, and it makes me want to gag on a spoon because it's like, hey, pastor, how you doing? I'm doing great. How many are you running? None of your business. Will you pulling in on a Sunday? Come on. Want to know my social security number and what I have in the checking account? It's none of your business what I'm pulling. I'm not pulling anything in on a Sunday. But I'm not going to look at anybody else. I'm not competing against anybody but myself. I'll say that again real quick because that will help you. I'm not in a race against anyone else but me. I'm not competing with anybody else but my flesh, myself. I'm just going to keep, I got, enough, I got enough to worry about with me. I want to encourage you and I challenge you as a minister of the gospel. Take a look at some of the issues or areas or, or blind spots in your life. Because we all have them. Say, Lord, where are my weak spots? And then, and then immediately that pride that will rise up and say, well, you're, you're doing better than you. you know, just shut that right down because that's stupid and it's foolish and it will hurt you. I love you enough to tell you, we all have blind spots. No one's exempt from them. Everybody has a weakness. I also love you enough to say, don't be tormented and don't be afraid of people finding out what you can or can't do. That insecurity is eating people up. I, I, I talk to people and, and uh, I actually was just talking to a pastor who um, he's just celebrated a year anniversary as a pastor in a church he took over a, a really bad situation and and uh, i was just encouraging him and he said to me he said i am afraid every single sunday morning that someone's going to find out i don't know what i'm doing and i thought you know what you should do brother take the microphone ask the sound guy to turn you up as loud as he can and just say i have no idea what i'm doing <laughs> Just put it out there. I have no clue what I'm doing. I'm just trying to help people. And I'm going to fall and I'm going to fail. I'm just trying to help people. And he looked at me, and I, I, I know the guy, and Nick actually knows the gentleman too. And he looked at me and said, oh, I could never do that. I said, who, who are you trying to impress? I couldn't make a website if my life depended on it. Thank God for Nick and Zach. Amen. I can do this graphic stuff that they do if my life depended on it. I can hit the power button. I can type some. I'm, I'm willing. I'm not afraid of insecurities. I'm overcoming them. I'm asking the Lord, show me my blind spots. So I'm asking you to do the same. Show me the areas that I'm weak in. Am I erratic in my church attendance? Am I erratic in my tithing? 
Am I erratic in my prayer life? Am I erratic in my witnessing? Am I erratic? Am I ashamed of the gospel except for when I'm in church? You'd be amazed at how many Christians are ashamed of the gospel except for when they're church. And there are people who are ashamed of the gospel in church. Am I passionate about worshiping you and, and seeing the lost saved and the sick healed? Ask the Lord to show you your blind spots. And you know what? He's good enough, gracious enough, kind and caring enough that he'll help you overcome them. And then when he does, go back to this point. Stop looking to the left and to the right and don't lose the advancement that he gave you. John Osteen said this. He said, if you ever want to get where you're going, you must never forget where you came from. You stay humble. Stay humble. The greatest person in this room, the greatest preacher in this room, the greatest Christian in this room, the greatest musician or, or creative person or singer or writer, just stay humble. Just don't forget where you came from. Don't be captive to where you came from. Know that you can come up out of the pit, but just don't forget where you came from. Amen? Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that the Holy Spirit seals these matters in our hearts. And Lord, I pray that we would be courageous. I use that word intentionally. That we would be courageous enough. Courageous enough to ask you to show us our blind spots. That we wouldn't hide from them, but we would charge after them and run them down and whip those things into submission of the authority of the Word of God. That we wouldn't, we wouldn't sit and ask in fear, Lord, what am I doing wrong? But we would just be honest and real. and So you see it already, you know. So help me. I pray it in Jesus' name that we'll make determinations and we won't give any thought about it again, ever, 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 ever again. We'll honor you. And not just the areas that we talked about, but every area. I ask, Father, that you'd minister this to your people. And I give you the praise and the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.